You're listening to Reporters and Reported, a podcast from Cardiff University School of Journalism, Media and Culture. In each episode, we'll bring you insights and interviews with key people in the news industry. We'll examine the challenges, opportunities and threats facing journalism and get tips about the best way to follow a career in the media. I'm Mark O'Callaghan and this week I'm talking to BBC Middle East editor Jeremy Bowen. Hello Jeremy. Hello Mark. So, obvious question, but uh, how did you first get into journalism and why? The first journalism I ever did was when I was a student in the United States and I was an intern on uh, National Public Radio's programme, which is called All Things Considered, which is it's a bit like a BBC programme. Um, and uh, I worked as an unpaid intern there. I learned how to cut tape with a razor blade and how to write some intros. I had my intros um, read out on air. Uh, I even did a tiny bit of reporting for them. That was the first stuff I'd ever done. But then after that, I got a... In fact, I'd already been offered a job by the BBC as a news trainee. I didn't do much student journalism, really n- none at all apart from that internship. Now, journalism has changed a lot uh, in the last few years with the advent of social media uh, and uh, big intrusions and changes like the rise of fake news, although arguably fake news is just another word for propaganda. What do you think, though, are the key tenets that journalists need that the kind of you know you kind of say this is what it takes to be a journalist it doesn't matter what the changes are around you what the technological changes are this is what it takes well i think the basics of what journalism is in terms of being accurate being fair being quick um, giving a a rounded picture that people can understand of what's going on and whatever story you happen to be doing I, i think that's the same as it's always been What's changed is the technology and the ways in which we deliver those things. And I think that if people can learn those basics and keep them in their heads somewhere, in fact, have them as an automatic, um, as an automatic part of their brain that kicks in when they're, they're, they're writing their scripts or whatever, or doing their stories, gathering news, uh, if they can do all of that, then they'll be okay no matter what the technology is. It's changed like mad in my career and I'm sure it's going to change just as much in the during the careers of if not more during the careers of the people who who are just starting here in Cardiff with the advent of of social media uh, the world seems to have shrunk and in many ways it seems to become uh, quite an, an angry and a noisy place how do you sort out the wheat from the chaff well, I think this is a time when people really do need professional journalists who've been properly trained and know what they're on about. Uh, because the way that you try and find out if things are true or not is to see if they can be corroborated. Best of all is to try and get there and use your own eyes and ears and talk to people who are involved in whatever the story was and make your own conclusions. Uh, I think those old-fashioned things, using a bit of shoe leather rather than uh, something digital, I think those things are really important actually to get out there and try and find out yourself what's going on. You'll get a quick picture. I've always thought that, yes, I can learn a lot from trawling the internet, but if I go to, say, some place like Cairo, I can get a lot more in half a day there just by sort of sniffing it than you can necessarily from reading other people's opinions. Now, you're the BBC's Middle East editor. Um, I mean, the geopolitics of the Middle East is incredibly complicated, um, goes back hundreds of years, uh, enmities of a deep 
Um, you've got <laughs> judgment of Solomon to make in some cases to decide what the line is. <sighs> Could you just tell me how you do that, knowing full well that certain interest groups are going to be waiting for you to make a mistake? I think you've got to be really careful to be accurate uh, and not be scared by the interest groups who are sometimes very well organised and are just waiting, as you say, to pounce. Uh, those basic lessons, to my mind, those basic rules come back, which is, you know, if you're accurate and if you're fair and if you're truthful, uh, because getting to the truth is what it's all about, you can always defend that. Mm. But in a way, it's quite healthy to have people looking at your every word because then you really study your every word and make sure that their every word is correct. But yeah, it's... Um, I can't say it's always easy, but the important thing is to have confidence in what it is you're writing yourself. And as long as you are satisfied in your own mind and you've used your proper skills as a journalist, then you should be okay. Now, during your career, you, you've interviewed people and extremists, people who've lost loved ones, and sometimes you are on the, on the scene within a very short time after uh, their, their relatives or their immediate family have, have, have been murdered. Um, you've also interviewed uh, controversial world leaders, uh, Gaddafi, President Assad. How do you prepare for those sort of interviews? Is there a sort of common thread or not? I think interviews with set-piece interviews with big leaders are a bit different to ones in which you you pitch up on a story and you're trying to find out what's going on which are different because you're asking quite basic things. So what happened then? What happened? What did you do? How do you feel? Those sorts of questions. I know that how do you feel is meant to be a question you don't ask, but I've actually a lot of people do use it because it's quite useful to get them going. Um, if you're interviewing a big leader, then I think, you know, it's a set piece event. You have to think very hard about your questions. You have to think very hard about uh, wargaming it, if you like, what that leader might say back to you and then what you would say back. Try and work out some lines of argument. Because, you know, the time goes very quickly and you have to have your information to hand. It's not enough to simply to say to them, well, that's not good enough, is it, Mr. President? You have to have something mm. tangible to put back to them. Well, you say this, but we have evidence that a barrel bomb was dropped on that part of the city last week. There's video. We've interviewed the survivors. That sort of thing, you know, to, be, to be able to, to get back at them. So it's, um, you know, I, don't, I never set out taking a particular line. I think I try and see what emerges in the course of hmm. investigations. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the things I, I think is important is sometimes over, overlooked uh, when you're trying to teach uh, uh, journalism is the art of, of listening mm. listening to the answers rather than a set line of, of, of questions yeah if you've got a line of questions and you answer someone says um, you know you say what happened in the south well we massacred loads of people oh really and what happened in the north and you know <laughs> that's not going to work you've always got to listen and I think this is one of the great things that uh, John Humphreys on the Today programme who's just retired was very good at doing which was listening to people and getting into a bit of a dialogue with them. 
and not simply relying on a on a list of questions. Mm. And during your career, are there any personal highlights or or stories or pieces that you think I'm really proud of that for whatever reason? And what are they? Yeah, there were there've been been quite a few um, in um, uh, the first really I did a first really big story I did which was um, you know awful for people concerned but it was a big breakthrough for me was the Lockerbie crash I remember that very well I was dispatched up that night drove overnight from London um, when I was a very young reporter I just started at television news I was 28 or something uh, the stuff I did in in Iraq in the first Gulf War the former Yugoslavia in the 90s the assassination of Rabin in in '95 in uh, Israel, um, it goes on really. I mean, there are so many. Mm. Been a lot of highlights. I've been very fortunate, actually. Uh, and in recent years, of course, all everything the absolute turmoil in the Arab world, uh, which has produced loads of memorable moments. Sadly, for the people there, but you know, for people like myself, it's uh, you know, it's it's what we do. So uh, there have been many. Yeah, many big moments. I've been very fortunate in my career in that I've had some, well, at different times, a lot of the world's big stories in the last 30 years. I've had some hand in the coverage of it. And for people just starting out on on their careers, I mean, we've talked about practical uh, um, advice. I mean, do you think it's easier to start off now as a journalist than when you started or or not there seems to be more opportunity uh, but people don't seem to build lifelong careers say with the BBC for a length of time as as you have I think I suspect that there, as you say there are more opportunities now I see people getting on air for example uh, at the BBC at a younger age with less experience to become a, a radio or TV reporter when I started at the BBC you know, you need to have done a couple of jobs well, two mm. or three jobs, and you probably you were going to be... I, I was regarded as an exceptionally young TV reporter when I got got a job as a TV news reporter when I was 28, after four years. There were loads of people in their late 30s who were trying to get those jobs, um, or early 40s, um, trying and failing in some cases. As for, yeah, as for um, building long careers... The BBC is one place I think when people still can, because if you get a staff job at the BBC, it's just it's like the staff job that I've got. Uh, I've been there 35 years. But yes, I think people are have to be more flexible now in terms of moving around and, and doing different sorts of things. But, but, you know, I would say do not despair. I think there are so many different ways in to doing things now that um, it's it's possibly a bit more confusing than when I was starting out when they were you either went into newspapers there were a couple of training schemes or into TV and broadcasting there were a couple of training schemes and that was that was about it really mm-hmm. yeah no, no that's absolutely changed Jeremy Bowen thank you very much it's a pleasure